0: The school cool. Welcome to the Make an After School Cool podcast, the link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during non school hours. The Make an After School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education. And I'm your host, Mike Wilson. Welcome back to the Make a School Cool podcast, the link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during non-school hours. The Make a School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education, and I am your host, Mike Wilson. This is part two of my discussion with Mr. Terrell Williams Sr. regarding developing a positive mentoring relationship with youth. Uh, On part one of our discussion, we talked a little bit about developing intervention and prevention programs to assist young people to be successful in school. Uh, And you had mentioned the No C Society. Can you give us a brief summary of these efforts and the types of outcomes you would like to achieve?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I think most of us can attest to the fact that when we made C's going to school, Uh, the difference between a C and a B normally was effort. Uh, And not necessarily technical ability in learning. It was typically the amount of effort that we put in. And and my goal uh, with the No C Society, because when I made C's, uh, which I made several, Uh, I can attest to a fact that I I, I know that I could have made a B. I know that I could have if I would have actually focused on that. But it appeared to me that as a grown person, I remember that that wouldn't have... The fact that if I had made straight B's versus straight C's would not have made a big difference to most people but if i had made straight a's versus straight b's now that would have been if i if i say i made straight a's there was a lot of hoopla about that so i think that that you know for those who are blessed to have the academic, academic acumen to be able to make straight a's should be applauded and continue to be given uh, all the attention that all that warrants but I think that a lot of people think that if they can't get in that A honor roll, nobody cares. Nobody cares. If I if I make, as long as I don't make a D or F, I'm okay. But what if there was an entity that says, hey, you know what? You put forth the effort to refuse to settle for a C. And you work hard enough and you get B's, we're going to recognize you. I think that that would make a huge difference because now, before a, a kid would be willing to settle for that that C, if they knew that they were going to be given some type of recognition or you know it was going to mean something that that they would really put forth A And I can attest to this because as a kid, my uncle told me, that he would give me a dollar for every A and he would give me a quarter for every B, but I get nothing for C. <laughs> and that was incentive for me, you know, really to try to really hard. Now everybody can't do that. No one, and everything should be based on money, but the, the goal is this. The goal is to get people, especially those who are in school to, put forth that extra effort because it means a lot in terms of potential for scholarships. It means a lot in terms of this, they're, they're understanding what they're doing because they're putting forth that extra effort. And so uh, I, I came up with this No-See Society thing. I uh, got, a, got a little logo for it. That I'm gonna be uh, trying to work so the kids can even have a shirt and you know, have gear. Uh, you know, like if you're a member of the honor society, you know you, you have that. But if you the no c society, this is saying, I refuse to make a C. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to put forth all the effort I can to to at least make a B. And many times, if they see that they can make B's, hmm, well, maybe I can make that A. Yeah. So it's it's a stepping stone potential, and, and it's is an as a it says. That's what we got that's what we're gonna to try to do. And uh and we started trying to put together some some formats for that. It's actually worked before. It worked in the 80s because I, the young lady I told you about, uh, and and it was so many, it was just at that time uh, where I was was not willing to make the make the effort to really accommodate the amount of kids that were starting to come because I had about fifty or sixty kids in that in that church and but we had people working uh, registering them making sure and we would give them recognition for their if they did you know as they were making their the grades and things of this sort and they responded but sometimes when if you don't have the people working that's that you need to to keep it going uh it can become a little overwhelming so we couldn't maintain it but that's that's something i would try to uh, avoid the next time and try to make sure that everything is Adequately manned so that we can uh, forge ahead with that.
0: Yeah, and I like the fact that I think if you, you know uh, the terms that kids use now is merch and swag, and I think if you do have something where you know they could wear be it a jacket or a sweater or something, I think that also encourages uh, mm-hmm. young people a lot because they do identify with what they see. Uh, I do remember there was when I was in elementary school, there was this, uh, it was a uh, Probably owned Dairy Queen And the owner What he would do If you got an A You would get a hamburger uh, And then if you got a B You could get uh, Fries and a drink if you, got a, <laughs> if you got a C That canceled everything out So Yeah <laughs> so, Yeah so That's we, a city. Yeah we definitely <laughs> But once we got that Report card That was the first place We were We were going See to. See Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh the, oh, yeah. As you get older Because I was uh, mostly when I was in elementary, as we get older, unfortunately, depending on what your peer group is like and so on, I purposely underachieved. I mean, I could look back now and say I purposely Mm -hmm. underachieved just so that uh, I fit it in. I mean, I would make my A's and B's, but I'd throw a C in there and, you know, just so, you know, whenever we talk about it, we can say, yeah, Ms. such-and-such don't like us, which in, in, in truth, we knew we didn't we didn't put in the effort, so it was easy to uh, break it on somebody else. But what I also discovered, especially when I uh, was working on my undergraduate degree, is by the time I made it to my junior year, a lot of the other students that just went to college to socialize, party, um, unfortunately were not academically prepared. They have flunked out. Yeah. And so no. my peer group was actually those that were very studious. And so we would go to the library, we would study, we would have discussions, and that it was really the first time I was with a group of, of people who were serious about their education. And unfortunately, it took until my junior year of college before I was able to uh, stick with a peer group that were focused. There probably were some in high school, but unfortunately, I just didn't, you know, going back mm-hmm. to stereotypes and nerds and this and the other, you know, it was just a lot cooler to uh, be athletic and do some other things. So, um, but you're right, the rewards for uh, academically being successful. And I also think with the generation of kids that are growing up now, uh, having stuff that they can identify with that other people can see and possibly admire is definitely an encouragement for them to continue doing things. So, you know, let me know what I can do to help you in that effort. Uh, I think it's a great idea.
1: It was uh, a business. That I was able to, folk, I had a lot of contact with vendors, and I got them to receive some of these kids to be interviewed and to go through that interviewing process, and you uh, know, I, I prepare them to go and talk to and 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 the people knew themselves. You know, they was kind of they were not going to be hard on them, but they. They gave them a a semblance of what it felt like uh, to come to an interview and to be prepared to give a presentation and why, you know, uh, and our product was, was, was pencils. And so, uh, and so they had to tell them why, uh, they should. Yeah, you know, but with their, with their reasoning for there, they had a good appearance, you know, and these are high quality pencils and they'll do this and that, you know, and convince that, that vendor that, uh, okay, I can, I'll, I'll buy a package of these pencils from you because of the way that they would present themselves to them. And, and uh, I've met uh, several kids who went through that little thing. They were, and they still remember They remembered it, very vividly, and they were very. Uh, it made an impact on them. So these are little. It's little things like that that we need to actually impress upon our kids at the a, at an impressionable age uh, to start, so that they don't get into this this feeling that you know you can get by just to get by, yeah. Uh, but to excel, yeah. And uh, that's that's my goal, and I sure will share with you.
0: Yeah. I know, unfortunately, for those that have, uh, and I've done a previous podcast on the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. And so, those with the fixed mindset, if they don't, you know, they may go ask for an application, are dressed appropriately, uh, turn in the application, and then they never get a call back. And it's easy for them to blame the other person. Well, this person was prejudiced. This person didn't like me, whatever, whatever, whatever. whatever. Uh, but once, They are informed that, you know, the price you pay for some new Jordans, you can actually buy uh, uh, some dress shoes, khaki pants, a button down shirt and a tie, even if it's a clip on tie and then go ask for an application and see how that person responds to you and so you know just sharing those little nuggets and for those that are willing to accept those nuggets i think they'll realize that they will be able to have access to things that they thought was somebody else's fault for why they didn't have it um one thing and i spoke a little bit about it in the first episode I had mentioned how like you and I met we worked we met doing some work with Lee college to absolutely uh, try to recruit achieve uh, African-American students to pursue post second uh, post high school education and Mm -hmm. uh, you worked at ExxonMobil my dad worked there there was a couple of other uh, people that he knew that worked there and I have to tell you uh, I appreciate the fact that y'all as a, a, a group of young professionals at the time worked together to empower our community. And I think being able to see people who are doing positive stuff, who are, you know, working every day, taking care of their families, but even with that, we're willing to reach out to the, to the community uh, for the next generation, I think is, is, is extremely uh, important. And so, um, you know, having that network of uh, of people who are sharing positive messages also strengthen, I, I guess, the cause and uh, inspiration for for young people. So I was fortunate enough that uh, at that time ExxonMobil did reach out. Uh, we're hiring more minority people, and y'all just didn't go and and worked every day. Y'all, y'all, like you stated earlier, uh, y'all were blessed and y'all were willing to share that blessing with with others, and it definitely helped me out quite a bit. Thank you.
1: Uh, as one of the issues that I could, if I could,
0: uh, that
1: really needs to be um, spoken of with, especially with some of the younger generation that they're coming through, is is to guard against uh, having a spirit of entitlement. Because um, that is one of the easiest Are one of the most probably uh, most convenient excuses one can use to not be successful. Just showing up and trying to get a job with no thought about your appearance, no thought about your speech. Uh, When when I had my little deal, I we we focused on handshakes. Eye contact, voice cl- uh, clarity, uh, so that when they would go in to meet with these vendors, they introduced themselves, they shook their hand, a firm heart, no no wood lettuce handshake, a firm hand handshake, and having a sense of what they wanted to say and eye contact. These little things that. That many don't focus on now, don't and they won't realize that that could be the reason that they pick candidate A over candidate B, or B over candidate C. Is your presentation? So having uh, the presentation uh, and and willingness to not feel entitled just because you win it, that don't mean you're going to get the job that you need to present yourself in a fashion that would make me as an employer feel that hiring you would be an asset to me. Yeah. And that's the kind of things that I I really want to uh, share with those who, you know, I've come in contact with.
0: Uh, I have a colleague and she's actually started this project. She's reached out to me to assist and is dealing with teaching young people cultural capital. And basically, a lot of the things you stated regarding handshake, appearance, uh, vocabulary, pronunciation, uh, it's a cultural within itself. It's, you know, the business cultures, the work culture. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of kids in at-risk situations aren't familiar with that. And we talked in the previous episode about social media and how, mm-hmm. at times they give a perception, sports do this as well, of this is what success looks like. And it doesn't show the work that a lot of these successful people are are putting towards their own craft. And I think teaching kids that, you know, there is a culture within itself that the business world has established. And if you want to be a member of that particular culture, these are some things you need to know. Now, once you become successful, you can alter it. Uh, so, you know, you can do it however you like if you're successful enough. But when you're trying to enter it, it's a lot easier to know those 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 particular rules. Um, today, I guess, because of social media, because of technology, uh, there's just a big generation gap. And this generation gap is fueled probably because of technology. And sometimes I think that gap Make some people hesitant in terms of working with young people. Plus, young people tend to be a little bit more expressive today, be it you know their hair color, uh, the form of dress. There's more piercing, piercings, uh, yes, yeah, uh, tattoos. Why do you think some people are hesitant to develop mentoring relationships with with young people?
1: You, you, I can tell you in my own neighborhood, uh I have not gone in, I've been here 35 years and I have not gone into the homes of only two to three three of my neighbors. Yeah. And it was a time when there was a free flow of that, but no more. Uh, The trust factor is very low. Um, And unfortunately, some parents uh, don't make an effort to really teach their children to engender trust. Because if a person, you know, there's this, I guess, the culture now to be different, you know, to have multicolored hair, to have multiple piercings, to have a lot of tats and things of this sort. And, and, The culture is saying, let me be me. This is who I am. And you should accept me, not for how I look, but for who who I am on the inside. Well, I don't know you. And I have to get to learn who you are. So if if there is not very much distinguishing distinguishing between uh, two types of people, because those who are maybe not in the in the realm of of having the kind of habits and attitudes that that others have if you if you're dressing like it and you're looking like it it's hard for people to distinguish who to trust so they're guarded and so they would rather guard and if, they, and if they're teaching their kids a certain way, and they're not sure about you, and there's no communication down the street between like it used to be, where people knew each other on the street, we don't, you know, they go to different places, and many times we have different colors and things of this sort. That's one of the reasons why I believe that we don't we don't have the uh, the level of of, uh, of trust one with another, and so uh, it's 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 an issue that begs to be uh dealt with i think some uh communities are trying to have like one day a week that people kind of get out of their homes and matriculate down the street and meet their neighbors because people don't trust one another anymore they don't trust the level of trust is so low and then there's a lot of partisanship on certain things and so uh, it, it's a lot of factors that are, are dealing with. It, it's not the calm who involve community, everyone knowing one another, uh, everyone uh, having spoken to one another before. And so that's what's I think contributing to uh, the lack of uh, being able to, uh, I guess, communicate and, and be, you know, for me to help your my neighbor's child I need to open up my heart. But a lot of people are afraid. They're afraid of being, you know, if, do you steal? Do you, you know, <laughs> or are you going to tell your friend that I've got this in my home and, and things of this sort? Or you wish that you had that? Or you you may covet my child's, my child, I might be able to provide for my child, you know, TV in their room with this and that. And, you know, and that child it'll, may covet what I can afford for my child and and do some other things so so there's a fear of that some people have so they're very guarded and so uh that that's one thing that hopefully uh, hopefully will get past
0: I remember and I was very little uh, I remember when it was not common for everybody to have air conditioning and so you know a few people had the window units um, back then a lot of people would put fans in the windows and mm-hmm. you know the cold air would come in but you also had porches uh, pretty much everybody's house had a porch absolutely and so everyone went outside and everyone had a chance to to get to know each other to know each other's kids because we were just all outside and then gradually absolutely. gradually mm-hmm. with you know uh, central air Uh, The development of subdivisions because similar to what you said I'm living in my neighborhood now for about 15 years and uh, when they started building it, the street that I live on was the first street that they completed so all our neighbors knew each other it was just, we were all the the first uh, to start buying houses in the subdivision, now as the subdivision has continued to grow uh, we don't go out as much and I have not uh, been and like my mom lives right across the street from me so of course I'm at her house I do the I do know the names of the people that's living next to me uh, and we do you know during the morning if we see each other we say hello and so on but gradually we are uh, not socializing as much mm-hmm. and I think there are opportunities uh, some of the efforts that you're doing, Uh, A lot of the after school programs and out of school time programs that we cater to, that we try to provide some some, some staff development with, um, uh, religious institutions are recreating a community. And I think it's important that uh, the adults that are participating in those types of environments are, are skilled enough and start looking into, as well as discussing, Uh, what are some upcoming trends. Uh, Mm -hmm. Today's generation is very techno-savvy. You mentioned AI. I remember uh, when we started using calculators in schools. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were like, oh, now kids aren't going to think, you know, this is going to answer their questions and so on. And so my perspective of it is we know it's going to happen. We know kids are attracted to tech. Um, How do we get ahead? And how, how do we... Uh, make sure that if they use AI to help complete a paper, they still need to know the content of that paper. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so it's just the tour like a car helps us to get to point A, to point B a lot faster than walking. But you still need to know what to do once you get to that particular point. So I think after school, a lot of school time programs, I think mentorship type relationships, those personal uh, one-on-one connections with caring adults to help guide young people, as opposed to their peers, just giving them um, advice is what's going to help prepare them for what's coming next. Uh, I can continue to talk with you. In fact, I'll probably invite you uh, back again and we'll discuss some things but uh, I definitely wanna thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it was great catching up with you and I appreciate the time and your willingness to share your journey and the fact that your journey is continuing. I think sometimes when people retire, they feel like, okay, I've done my, my job. I'm not, I'm not doing anything, but uh, I applaud you for continuing to do some of the work that you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. And I appreciate your opp- the opportunity to share.
0: as always i want to thank my listeners for joining me today where our topic centered on positive outcomes uh, mentoring relationships can have on youth please join us for future episodes as we continue to discuss issues relevant to the out of school time field